When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscape? This welcome to a brand new episode of Geekscape. I just noticed Heidi is sitting behind me. Um, this is her bedroom that we're now using as the Geekscape studio during the quarantine. Uh, welcome back. I've, this is the third Geekscape going live this week. So um, I'm just wondering if you guys are up to that level of Geekscape in your lives. Uh, and really, I have to ask the, the, the person here if uh, that's a little Geekscape too much for her the use of her bedroom. You feeling all right with the, the uh, level yeah. of Geekscape in your life? Is it too much, Heidi? Like you, are, this is your room that I'm using you know what? to broadcast. It's, it's all geek, Geekscape all the time. So <laughs> you know. you're sharing me with people now. Like yeah. there's there's more people here. So I'm okay with it. You're all right with it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for like being patient with me as we figure out the streaming thing and like the space. Uh, and listen, we got uh, you guys streaming over uh, YouTube, Facebook. Instagram and uh, not Instagram, not Instagram, uh, Twitch and Periscope. So if you guys have some comments, throw them in there. We'll throw them up on the screen. We'll get to you guys. We have a fun episode today. Uh, I always think of Geekscape as like a pretty diverse place where we can talk movies, video games, comic books, uh, TV, and all that stuff. And every now and then we talk music. We got a music episode coming up on Sunday. But we don't talk a whole lot of sports, but basketball is a huge part of my life and i know that it's come out a lot on the show that you guys are like why don't you do an episode about basketball you guys love basketball well this might just be that episode uh, i got my buddy zach here he's a writer for the athletic he also uh chimes in quite a bit on the sirius xm nba channel he's sitting here waiting to talk about this 10-part jordan documentary they've got on espn called the last dance um it was the last dance with the bulls uh, it was really kind of like the second dance. It was definitely the last dance. I, I don't want to get into it too much because there's some painful memories as a Utah Jazz fan. Uh, that last dance did include trouncing my team in the finals. Um, but we're going to talk to Zach about like where we are uh, in this NBA season, whether or not we're going to get it. Feel free to talk sports with us, guys. I know it's Geekscape, but we can be geeky about sports, I think. Um, and of course, we'll talk to some other stuff. I think we might have a drop-in from uh, Aaron Darling, who's been on a Geekscape uh, episode. I think she was on a Geekscape episode a couple of years ago where she was talking about her comedy. Well, she started up a comedy school, and you can take the classes online. So she's going to drop in and tell us how and like how much it costs, maybe, where you guys can find it, that kind of stuff. And that might be valuable to you because right now maybe you're just sitting on your ass during quarantine being like, hey, I've got some funny views on the world now the world is completely fucking spinning out of control. Uh, I should get on stage when this is all over and I can uh, 
tell the jokes. And maybe you want to start up like a Zoom uh, comedy hour and uh, your underwear and fucking do that. That's been happening a lot, these Zoom uh, comedy shows. You want to do that? Erin will teach you how. And Well, actually, she'll just teach you how to make it fucking funny because she's hilarious and she's got this school and you, you might need it. I think I might need it. I probably do need it. So she's going to be on to talk about that. And uh, let's get to it, Geekscapists. Again, we're going live to multiple platforms. Jump in the comments. Let us know what you want to hear about, what questions you got. And if this isn't like the geeky content you want, I apologize. But literally 24 hours ago, I was sitting down with Jay Washington and Jason Inman talking about the fucking Marvel Universe. Fits into it how the Fantastic Four fits in the Marvel Universe. And we were talking about DC and The Flash and Star Wars and J.J. Abrams doing a JLA movie and all that stuff. So, like, that's a great episode for you guys if this is just too jock for you. All right? But waiting in the wings right here is uh, my good friend, uh, Zach Harbour. Let's bring him on. Um, Zach, how are you, brother? Oh, man, I am bored. <laughs> I am bored. <laughs> because, because of that intro, right? Like, no, maybe I should take Aaron's great. class. I just... I have run out of things to do with my time. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be talking to you right now because uh, I need, I need the interaction. Dude, what have you been up to? Cause like you and I are new friends. We met yeah. through Aaron. Uh, what do you ha- like? Tell me about yourself. Cause like Aaron just said, you guys are going to have a bromance. I'm down for yeah. a bromance, but the social distancing is kind of keeping the bromance like tempered at the moment. And we can't really, well, we can't hug. Right. I mean, we can, we can, like virtually like well so here's the thing is i was watching the nfl draft and um roger goodell the commissioner was like we don't have the hugs this year which i miss but my body won't and you know he's a robot alien anyway, <laughs> so like it's like he's just the worst uh he totally sucks but he uh, uh but it, so i was thinking like there's got to be a way to like virtually dap somebody up now obviously i can't like go to the camera like that's stupid what i just did there was stupid but no, there's got to be something that we can develop to like have some kind of virtual dap so like that, there's something, something like oh like, like an elbow like, yeah. yeah like a like the elbow thing okay. I think works. Geekscapists who are watching at home like let me know yeah. if this works for you. Right, we might yeah. drop your ass right into this feed up doing a little bit of that too. I mean, listen, I don't think this is exclusive. We can do a, no, you know. I think, no, I think you're good. Yeah, dude, Zach, did you see this video that was going on, on Twitter? And uh, it was like the stunt guys who are making a video where they're like headbutting each other. Well, the, okay, so first off, the way this thing works wow. is. They made like a two and a half minute series of stunts where they're like headbutting the screen and then it'll snap to somebody else reacting to it. Oh. And then they recover and they come and they punch the screen and then it slam cuts to like another one like flipping over a table, putting together, picking up a piece of the table and like swinging at the camera. And then the other person recoiling from the screen and coming back. And it went through like 40 stuntmen <laughs> in, in their own places. And they're doing this completely quarantined, social distance style. And it's POV style. And it's one of the most impressive things that I've seen. And I see like all these creative things coming out of this quarantine. And it's yeah. kind of what took Geekscape to like start streaming. It's something that the Geekscape had asked for. And I was like, yeah, I just like the classic MP3. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to fuck with Twitch, man. I'm not an 18 year old girl playing Overwatch. Like, I don't oh, want to do but that. But if you were, you would be making so much money right now because hey, that guys. is worth it. <laughs> you have to throw the peace sign up. Like, um, you know what's I'll funny is you, you you said it might be like it, like very jockey for for people like I don't think people realize how big of nerds everyone in sports media is and every and even like half the players these days like most ba- most basketball players are nerds they're just athletic and yeah, like everyone said- like I'm one of the coolest media members 
for the NBA, and I'm a nerd. Like I like it's not that <laughs> it's not that cool of a spot. Well, we had Chris Cluey from the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. We had Chris on the show back in November. What a fucking nerd! Like, oh my god, he, he's the biggest nerd. Yeah, he just like plays the competitive games on his. He plays the PC. He's PC master race. And he has a book coming out. I think it's this month or may have come out last month and totally got buried by this pandemic news. But Chris had this book called Otaku like that came out. It's about like a Japanese like gamer and how like a future society sure. is all built around gaming as gladiatorial combat and stuff. And I should probably get him on one of these to talk about it because the guy blew me out of the water as a nerd. Yeah, and no, he's we, like, I think he was like, at least so I lived in Minnesota for a little while when he was when he was the punter and um I think like he was super into like World of Warcraft or something one of the, something along those lines it was one of those it would have been wow yeah and uh is that how you became a Timberwolves fan is living in Minnesota did you grow no, up in Minnesota how I grew up in Sacramento what yeah I grew up in Sacramento I don't like the Kings I don't care about the Kings um I think I legitimately like the Timberwolves came into the league when I was like 6 uh-huh. And I think it was just like as a six-year-old, I was like, I like wolves. Wolves are cool. I like dogs. <laughs> like I'll be a wolves fan, and I, I just stuck with it. And it was hard because like the, the Timberwolves aren't on TV, but like I read every box score, I read every article I could find, every magazine. Whenever the wolves came into town, like you know, a couple times a year, my parents would try to like get me tickets to go and everything. And and then once they got Kevin Garnett, then they were on national TV a lot more. And then I got league pass when I you know became like 17, 18 years old and was paying for that. And then you could watch whatever. So it became easier as my life like progressed, but it was, um, yeah, no, I just liked the Minnesota Timberwolves for whatever reason. I don't even remember why I started liking them. And my brother was a huge Duke fan. And so we were, my brother and actually, and I actually had like a social distancing picnic today where we, okay. we, we went over to Balboa park and we sat a couple feet away from each other okay. uh, and we ate lunch and we were talking about Bobby Hurley because Bobby Hurley is the only NBA yeah. player I wrote a letter to. And it was after he ended up in that ditch outside of yeah. the arena. And I was in the eighth grade. And I remember coming out of a basketball game and somebody saying, hey, did you hear about Bobby Hurley? He just got thrown off of his motorcycle into a ditch. And I remember writing him a letter that that night. Like, I'm a big Stockton fan. So I had a lot of appreciation for the point guards. Sure. And um and so I remember writing Bobby Hurley the, the this letter, and my brother and I were talking today about how Bobby Hurley had that show, uh, or not that he had a shoe called like the ITZ in the zone. Do you remember yes, these shoes? Yes. Oh my god! Like I think that there's enough material to write a really interesting article or, or top twenty or top ten piece on all the shoes that NBA players like put out or endorse, and probably just pro players that were just. Not that great. And obviously, oh, remember, like, like the, the Dada spinners? No. Like the, oh man. Like, so it was when like spinners were a big deal for like, you know, uh, for like wheels and everything. And so, so like Dada like had some to where I think some of them, if you stepped, like it spun. Like there's what? just this little hubcap on the side of the shoe <laughs> and they had spinners. Yeah. And they had like, um, so I, like Chris Weber was sponsored by Dada and like growing up in Sacramento, he was obviously a big deal once he got there. And so um, he had these all chrome shoes that, by the way, if you tried to play basketball, and it just cracked. <laughs> it wasn't real chrome, but it was like this plated thing. And it, like, you could walk in it, but got, you couldn't jump it. Yeah, my friends got it, and they played in it, and it cracked like the first time they played in them. And so I was like, all right, this is clearly not a basketball shoe. And uh, and then there were these Dada spinners that like were just so obnoxious. But I think, like, I want to say, like, Ron Artest wore them in an all-star game for, like, a quarter or something like that. Like, it was weird. And – I mean, the mailman had those those LA gears that lit up, and they got banned. The, yeah, and those were like 
Those had to have been like flash. 35 pounds. Like they were huge shoes. Yeah, they would flash going down the court. And I remember seeing them in action in one of the few games. Uh, we drove down, down from Austin where I grew up. My dad, my family's a Spurs family, which is why, how I ended up a Jazz fan. It was like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm right. rebellious. I have to establish my own identity. And I think that's how a lot of geeks end up geeks. And yeah. we, we see like the norm and then we uh, kind of push towards comics and video and counterculture, which is now the most popular thing on the planet. But then I became a fan in the midst of Texas. You know, if I'd have picked into the routine, <laughs> but I remember seeing Carvalho play in the old Alamo Dome, running, oh, down, wow. running down the court with the flashing lights, and you could see him from anywhere. Yeah, were that obnoxious. Oh, it probably would have been great running shoes, right? Yeah, like, those are those keep you safe. And you didn't end up a Kings fan, and I understand that because yeah, man, they're the Kings. Yeah, like well, that's the funny thing. If you're, like there's a short time where my friends were like, "Oh, don't you wish you were a Kings fan?" I was like, "Both our teams suck. What does it matter? Like it doesn't. I'm just it's the co- the colors are cooler for the Wolves than they are the Kings. So what does it matter? Well, do you hold on to like? I mean, if you are a Kings fan, would you do you think you would have held on to the Tim Donahue? Uh, you know, playoff series where they had that melt that, that 24. I mean, because this is what let me just I've been waiting to do this on Geekscape for 13 years. Geekscape is, but honestly, I don't have that much of an outlet beyond this show. And here's what I hold on to I hold on to game six of the 98 NBA finals, which yeah. is going to be covered right here in this 10 part ESPN documentary, the, the Last Dance, this Jordan piece of uh, I don't know, I want to call it propaganda, but I think that it's actually like I, I think he's coming off. Like people are like, oh, Mike, Michael Jordan was a little bit prickly. Um, yeah. The the waved off Howard Isley three at the half. You you know when Dick Bavetta waved off that Howard Isley three that was from the fucking half court yeah. to beat the, to beat the half court bu- buzzer and he made it and they waved it off and it was totally good. I think that that re- they, they would have been able to to run it back and watch that they would have had to count that shot and then run our test hit yeah. that shot. From the right elbow, totally after the shot clock had gone off, and they count it before the shot. All I'm arguing is that before the shot, before I don't, I don't care about the Brian Russell push off. Right. It's, it's clear that Brian had like lost his balance on that. Yeah. Like he's Jordan. He is the best player who's ever played, and we can talk about whether or not that's true. But I think he's the greatest player that's ever played. Uh, Jazz should have been up five. That should have been a, a four point Bulls loss at the worst. I mean. Take my bet uh, those guys just waved uh, off five points. Here's what I would say, and I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I do think though that Carl Malone would have found a way to screw that up. Well, he did find a way to screw right. That up. He didn't hold <laughs> so on even to if the it's like another five points, like he would have. He found let a way to Jordan screw strip him. Yeah, when they were up, they were yeah. up, and he let Jordan strip him. So if you're going to take that one, fine. Scotty Pippen hung off the rim in the last two minutes of the '97 Finals. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Have you ever watched those last minutes where Scotty yeah. was like hanging? Oh, he's just like, like Prince and, yeah, like Prince and the Chappelle show skit, right? Just like hanging on the rim after the saying game blouses. Like that's basically what it was. People will criticize this era of basketball as being too soft and all this stuff. Do you think that the recall or, or the replay camera and this stuff has actually made the game better? Because I think that the I think the athletes now are clearly better, but at the same time, yeah. they come up to go to AAU and right. There are no Oakleys really in the league anymore. There aren't these enforcer types. You're not, you know, you're not going to. Well, I mean, they've also York. like they've legislated that out, right? Like you can't right. do that stuff anymore after the malice at the palace um, in Detroit. Like they they wanted to make sure that that didn't happen again, and so a lot of that is taking out a lot of that toughness and 
it's just a trade-off for trying to get ratings higher and scoring up because scoring means more ratings and everything. So players are more athletic. Players are smarter. Players are more skilled than they ever have been. But the style of play, um, the style of play is something I enjoy. I get it why not everyone does. I get it why right. people pine for it. Like Now, if you go back and look at the old, like those games from the 90s and stuff, some of it's pretty unwatchable. Like some of it's yeah. actually not great basketball, but it's also very different rules. So I don't know what to do with that, right? Like within the context of the rules, I think the league's in a great place right now, but it doesn't, it's kind of a turnoff for a lot of people. Yeah, I actually like it. And uh, and it reminds me of that Olajuwon kick out to the threes, those two championship years. Yeah. But we're, I mean, we're seeing that a lot. And you can argue that some of those players were the first couple of those, of like a swing five, swing fours. Yeah that are out there. And obviously the European totally came in and changed everything. And Dirk wasn't the first one. Like where, what would this even look like if Dragan Petrovic hadn't been in that car right. accident? Like right. the European, the globalization of this game has turned it into what you're talking about. I think more so than what people usually blame, which are these rules, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think it's the rule. I mean, the rules certainly affect it, but I think that we've gotten better about training diet, like, um, you know, well, you and I still, have. You and well, I not have us, not us. No, you no, no. and I. I've actually lost better. like 14 pounds during this what? during this quarantine, and I'm like, at first I was like, wow, I'm doing great. I'm, yo, know, I'm on an exercise bike every day. I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing sit-ups. Like I feel great. And now, like the last couple of days, I've been like, is something wrong with me? Like, is there something that's actually something unhealthy causing this weight loss? I, I've been, I, I like lost a pant size, but I okay. think I've, but I've also lost like a little bit of definition too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, okay, uh, this is weird, but yeah. it is what it is. I've been doing these morning Zoom workouts with my friends. We usually meet at like Griffith Park at 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m. to like do running the hills and workouts and stuff. And we've just kind of moved that to Zoom. And what's really sure. funny, Geekscapist, if you guys are fans of like Super Action Man, uh, one of the characters here at Geekscape, he's doing an 8 a.m. Zoom session on Saturday, Pacific Standard Time, midnight in North Korea. Uh, and he's uh, and he, he's going to be leading you guys through like patriotic workouts. So Geekscape is for watching. If you guys are into Zoom workouts, like Super Action Man will be there in his undies working. Can I ask you a comic book movie? Question? Whatever you want, brother. This is Geekscape. Um, um, so I was watching as like background noise today. Today, Endgame, right? Yeah. And like I'll yeah. throw it on every once in a while because like I'm not huge into comic book movies. Like I can appreciate them. Um, and I appreciate like some of the Avengers stuff, but I'm not like in it, right? And so. Um, I'm watching the big battle towards, you know, at the end, spoiler yeah. alert, they get in the battle. And uh, we've and all so seen like, Endgame. It's Geek's Game. Yeah, all right. <laughs> just making sure. Uh, and so, like, everyone's, they're doing the lineup across, right? This guy's yeah. here. She came back. He came back. Everyone's coming through the portals and stuff. And Bucky comes out with a machine gun. And I get it. I get he, like, became, I don't know, stronger, indestructible or something. He's the some, Winter Soldier. Something, right? He's yeah. the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. But, like, he comes out with a machine gun. I'm like, there's, there's, magic and superpowers in an intergalactic war what's this dude's ar-15 gonna do like that's not gonna hurt anybody <laughs> i think that was the argument too with like black widow and the avengers right where, she, where you had that spinning shot where they're in new york and they're looking around you got the fucking hulk you've literally got a god of thunder you've yeah. got iron man in a suit and you just see natasha be like click clack with her gun <laughs> and it's like let's take down some shatari yeah and like ah, i don't also, know if you're did up she lose her accent as this movie franchise progress because I feel like she had a bit of a Russian accent, and then at the end, she's just not trying. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and remember, like, you've watched that original Brian Singer X-Men, and they're trying to kind of do the Wolverine hair, yeah. and then by the end of it, we're like, ah, he's gruff. Yeah, forget it, yeah, he's, he's, he's got what he's got. I think they respond to these things over time. Like, like you definitely see the changes. And all I got to say is, like, if Bucky does fire that machine gun, he's going to be killing a lot of his friends because there's yeah, shit there's, everywhere. Going there's on. no way he's that good, right? Like, that's, oh, my God. He's just spraying the field. Like, he, he's the Winter Soldier, but he's not Hawkeye. Like, like Hawkeye is the dude who can, like, pinpoint accuracy, drop arrows everywhere. You know, he even tricked the trickster god loki with a fucking explosive arrow i don't know how right. the trickster god gets tricked by hawkeye but that's what happened and you guys love joss whedon yeah he he, he did it so it's go. love yeah but, that's just uh, been bothering me a lot today because i was just like i looked up as they were panning i'm like what is he doing there like i just that, don't get it this is the place for you to say that like <laughs> If listen, if you need an outlet for these okay. frustrations, I'm just gonna start texting you. This bromance is really gonna go. Like, whatever why you did need. this happen? Why did that happen? Whatever you need, and I'll just be yeah. like, "Hey, Zach, let me explain these things to you. These okay. unexplainable, miraculous things where there are gods of thunder and people get bit by radioactive spiders and sure. don't shoot them out of their asses, but shoot them out of their wrists, like all that stuff. <laughs> that is unexplainable. That's what we do here at Geekscape. We explain okay. the unexplainable. So okay. All right. Now I have an outlet. You have an outlet. How have your outlets been? You're, you're, uh, where, where are you shacking up these days? What's going on? You see that we're broadcasting from the girlfriend. Yeah. I'm <laughs> broadcasting from my girlfriend's bedroom as well. Um, girlfriend, high where's five. she at? What's going on there? I don't know where, where she is. Let's see. I'm just, I'm being silly. She's actually sitting here waiting to join the show. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, darling, she's been on the show before. We got her here. She's, gonna get uh, she's way more here. interesting than I am. Don't be like that, okay? Bro code. We, oh, I'm pretty it. interesting, but she's she's way more interesting. Before we bring her in here, it's just the two oh, of us. Okay. We got to stick together. Okay, we got to yeah. stick together, okay? okay. Like, We're we great, just, right? Bro code, yeah. all right? No matter what crazy shit happens when I bring Aaron in here, okay. you, we got to keep it cool, all right? All right. Oh, we got to keep it cool. As a cucumber, absolutely. Cool as a cucumber, all right? She yeah. didn't hear any of that. All yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the bear? Wow. Oh. Wow. I don't know if that was for me or you. It's probably for both of us. Probably all. She just uh, <laughs> she just landed in the studio. This is uh, Aaron Darling. Um, Aaron, she she's actually like unlike Zach and I. She's super productive during the uh, yeah. pandemic. I did start streaming, but let's be honest, I should have been doing that stuff ten years ago. Um, Aaron, actually, she's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to profit off of misery and start an online school. <laughs> is that how it went down, Aaron? <laughs> Aaron, yeah, you started cool. an online comedy school during the pandemic. Yeah, well, okay, here's the deal. So I was going to launch one. I was thinking about launching it before the pandemic. Like I was just, it was something rolling around in my mind. Like, okay, I should really do this. I feel like I want to make something, some sort of like resource available to people that they can do that's affordable, where they can learn comedy remotely. Because here's the deal. There's so many comedy courses, especially like in Los Angeles, but I took one, like they're bullshit. They're $300 to $500. They teach you the basics. They give you plug and play formulas. And I wanted to create something that was based off of authenticity, like finding who you are as an artist, as a performer, focusing on that, getting those skills like ready and knowing like how to identify like, oh, is this who I actually am? Am I projecting my own bullshit out in the audience? Or am I actually creating something that's useful and doing material that's going to resonate with people? Like, is it connecting? And uh, so I created curriculum all around that and spent like the last two weeks developing it, asking people what they need in the common community and trying to create something that could also uh, be something that you work on during a pandemic where you don't have stage time. So it's like very focused on writing and editing and yeah. 
and just like, you know, artistry in, in a bubble right now. It's something you could do on your own. Yeah, take those notes. <laughs> you know what? Like, nobody needs this fucking class more than I do. I think we can all agree on that one. So, no, let, so you said something about authenticity. What, what, oh, authenticity. Yeah. I haven't been authentic since the fourth fucking grade, Aaron. It's, like, tough. it's, tough, to, it's tough to figure it out. I let me tell you, it. so I've, so I've gone over this curriculum a lot, and it is really good. Like, I'm, you know, a, legally a writer. And it actually has helped me kind of figure out how to organize my own process for for writing just non-comedy stuff, just everyday whatever. And it's so good that I I actually the my old high school made a horrible mistake in having me talk to like the uh, the school newspaper staff today, uh, like a couple hours ago, and I talked to all these like teenagers who want to get into journalism and stuff. I've never taken a journalism class in my life, <laughs> and I kind of panicked like when they're like, "What do you what do you think's important?" And like the second thing I named, I was like, uh, "My girlfriend actually is." really into these morning pages, like, like started like naming morning just pages. things from her. I just completely stole from her curriculum and started telling the, them like all these tips. And I was like, I credited her, but I like had nothing for them. I was just like, uh, what if you did this? What if now, you did Aaron, this what this professional does? Aaron, you said that the courses are, are like affordable. So like, what do they run? And knowing that Zach has stolen from you, how much does he owe you? Uh, scaled so towards the, the classes. God, so much. We talked about this, at least 400 for Brent and probably another 400 for stealing my curriculum. But uh, no, it's cool. If he gave me credit, I don't care. But uh, yeah, basically what I did was I created a curriculum for $99. I wanted to do it for under $100 because like I said, everything I saw out there for the same thing where you get less that's not taught by a comedian is like three to 500 and that's wild. So I wanted to make it really, really cheap for people during the pandemic. And I also have a payment plan where people can pay 35 bucks a month and do it for three months. So like literally for a little over 30 bucks a month, you could do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that link right there. I just wanted to make sure that there was a resource out there for young comics like me to get better if they want to get what better. What about old ass comics like me? yeah <laughs> like hey guys like spin like like spin a bow tie hey kids zoo, zoo, zoo. that's I that's cre i created it for lesson one and yeah. for and for mid-level for people that have done it that have done bow tie that have done you know clown school people now, that you said mid-level i think it's more midlife for me like, <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a little more you know i know i'm saying that while drinking out of a spider-man cup but you know what? like Hey, welcome to Geekscape. We all, you know, we all have our vices. You know how it is. Yes. No, absolutely. So yeah, I just, I made a school and I, oh yeah. Oh, super important. That I want to say is that because I also uh, did very foolish thing. I, I'm so crazy. I don't know why I could do this. I offered everyone a free consultation if they sign up. So uh, now I'm getting so many signups. I realized I had to stop my enrollment on Saturday. So really, if you guys want to sign up, like get on that now because you get the class and I'll also help you. I'll look over your material and answer your questions and stuff after you go through the course for free, which I usually charge for. So it's like, it's crazy. I don't, I just wanted to help people get better. Really. Right. Um, She's yeah. hustling. Okay. So Aaron is hustling during this. You're being, uh, you're starting your own endeavor. You're like, you're like, Hey, why not? Everybody's stuck here trying to start their own routine. And uh, I yeah. imagine you and Josh are talking about like authenticity. You're like now being forced to live together. Uh, so like how much of this course actually came out of like, Josh, I want you to be real with me. You mean Zach? Zach. <laughs> I did that earlier on text. I called Zach Josh. Oh my God. I thought there was a callback. I was no, like, oh, I'll roll no. with it. <laughs> Yeah, we actually did call back from the comedy school. Hey, Josh, yeah, what's up? Yeah. I blew it. I blew it. I just remember, I just figured Zach was sitting there. You know what's weird? 
Here's like, something weird. Being real, and I'll parents really almost good. named Josh. Your parents almost named you Josh. That was was it was either making me third of what my dad's name is, Josh or Zach, and they landed on Zach. They spin a wheel, flip a coin. Like what they do? Like how they figure okay. that one out? Well, they, they 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 weeded out my dad's name because my mom hates his middle name, so I was that wasn't going to happen. Um, and then I don't know why they picked Zach over Josh. I think it was just different at the time. I have thoughts on this. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think Josh is like a really cute name. I like that name, Josh. But it's also kind of slouchy. Like Zach is a way better like broadcasty. <laughs> Like yeah. personality type of name for like what you're doing. Josh is kind of like, oh, mm. I because just of like the hard, room, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah, like, the, okay, there's like a hard K at the end. But it's not a K yeah, yeah. case, but yeah. yeah, Zach. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. like Josh. Yeah, Josh Harper doesn't. That's not. Yeah, Josh Harper seems like the frat guy that like mm-hmm. you know. Oh, let's take the boat out this weekend. Hey, oh, sure thing, Josh right. Harper. Hey, being dad, you're wearing like a yeah, okay, yeah, yeah maybe, but yeah. you might be on the Supreme Court one day, but. I think sure. Josh Harper hangs out at Buffalo Wild Wings. And- Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, <laughs> let's be clear, though. I would love to be at Buffalo Wild Wings right now, but we're in a pandemic. <laughs> the NBA playoffs would have started. Me, I, w- I would throw down there. I, I actually miss uh, chicken wings. That's like one of the few like meat things that I miss. Everything else I'm like yeah. totally cool with, but I miss Same. the occasional wing. Well, let's talk about this cohabitation thing. Like, Aaron, you're a vegetarian vegan. Vegetarian? Vegetarian. I still eat cheese. I eat fish. I eat, uh, you know, like stuff like that, like on the fence. Stuff. Zach, is that something that that you're having to adopt or is that something you already like took on? Are you, like, how much are you guys conforming to each other? And that's kind of like an interesting thing for anybody who's watching <laughs> yeah. this too. Like, are you conforming to your quarantine mates? Yeah, I'm definitely conforming her way. That's how you I lost know, 14. Yeah. That's how you lost 14 pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, so we were supposed to <laughs> yeah, go. Right? So, my my podcast company um, was supposed to do a live show at the end of March, and so at the beginning of March we weren't going to drink, and we weren't and I and I was going to give up meat until the going to New York for this live show. Um, both both suggested by Aaron. She was well, she'd already given up meat, but she was going to not drink. And so then we got to like two weeks into this thing, everything shut down. Right, everything we're just like we're going to drink. Like that's we're definitely yeah. going to drink during this quarantine. Um, but I still have kept no, I haven't eaten meat except for, um, I had it on a pizza that we made for a video. Yeah. Um, and then I ate your, I ate like an enchilada cause they oh, screwed hey. up her order. Yeah. The Postmates yeah. got it wrong. So he yeah, Postmates got it wrong. And so I ate it, um, but that's the only meat I've had since like late February and I actually feel pretty good. He feels yeah. great. Lost 14 pounds. Like looks great like i'm just i'm i cannot believe that because i we eat the same thing and i've probably gained like <laughs> 10 pounds. what if it's what, you, you i think part of that is i'm not eating at night anymore right, right? like we eat dinner at like six or seven and then yeah. like i'm not eating it like if i go to a game i'm probably eating something terrible at like 9 10 11 o'clock um or even it. if it's not terrible, like I'm just eating at night, and now I have to get up at like five thirty in the morning every morning to do radio, and so like I'm in bed by you know nine o'clock. I, I miss the game so much. I was at that uh, Heidi here got me a ticket to that Clipper Jazz game where Donovan went baseline, and yeah, and they they beat the Clippers in L.A. and I went fucking lost my mind. And it seems like another damn like year. It doesn't seem like it happened within this it calendar like year. It seems like it. Ago. 
it does seem like it, March feels yeah. like forever to get yeah. ago. But I do miss going to games and eating like trash. Um, when do you think we're gonna see this stuff again? Not in twenty twenty one or not in twenty twenty, are we? Uh, not where fans are allowed to go to games. Right. Um, it's gonna be like Taiwan where they have robots in the stands watching right, baseball. Right. Like how fucking we, weird is we, that? We might get audienceless games um July, August. Like I would put that at like a twenty five percent chance of happening. Um, I think we could see next season definitely start by December, but I'm not optimistic that we're getting basketball back in 2020. Well, uh, hold on. We're going to talk about that. Heidi, you wanted to say goodbye? Yeah, I just I stayed on to, to hear what Aaron was going to say and to give a high five to Aww. the girlfriend because, you know, <laughs> girlfriend apartments. I don't We're gonna know. do the elbow now. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking. The about. bros are gonna do the elbow. Yeah, yeah we're doing yeah. the elbow. Yeah, you guys. I work. I work with uh with with uh, special needs kids on Zoom, and this is how we give each other high fives right now. So. Oh, okay. You go straight for the camera. Yeah, like, in place of job! hitting them, in place of just hitting them outright in the back of the head. That's my style. You just usually. touch the camera instead of just like, hey, that, well, you know. It's I important usually... to connect some way. You know, you got to connect with the kids somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hopefully the left and not the right, because her right is brutality. She's like a fucking. Wait, my right's yeah. off camera. I'm all yeah, like, you're I'm holding it up. Don't please, weird. please, please. I, I'm Heidi's holding it up for the audience, and I'm having flashbacks. Uh, have fun. Yeah, nice to nice to meet you, Zach. Not Josh. Yes, thank you. Good, nice good, to meet you. Too. Good to see you, Aaron. She's just so trying to up one up me. I'm not going to encourage her one upping me on my own show. You have fun I on did. your little show now, talking about sports ball. All right, bye, bye, honey. Thank you. Goodbye, bye, bye. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. That's. Um, Wait, I want. I want to know what you guys are talking about with uh, Washington. With what? You know, I love Jay Washington. Uh, listen, uh, we had Jay Washington on the show yesterday, and you just drop him in front of a microphone and the guy just starts talking about like let me tell you about the mcu and dc and why this is going to happen and he's got my head spinning with all these theories about how these movies are going to happen and i'm like listen i'll really start caring about a week or two out and then i'll really care as the lights come down in the theater uh i you know i love jay washington he's my guy he has got a capacity Probably not unlike uh, you, Zach, for basketball, but but he like I mean it's what it's like what goes through his head. He loves this stuff. He loves talking about um, like the fucking superhero movies so much. <laughs> and he loves it, <laughs> and I'm like I don't know. But you know, if you're watching this right now and you want to talk superhero movies, I'll give it my best shot. I'd love. I've to got thoughts. I just I, they're not very educated, but I got a lot of thoughts on superhero movies. It's oh, we don't we don't have to talk about that. I was just wondering what you guys were. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, okay, I feel like I don't want to throw any shade right now, but I will a little bit. I feel like speculating about everything that's going to happen in the MCU and the DCU is like so 2000 late. It's like so <laughs> 2014. <laughs> I think uh, ultimately, um, well, you're a creator, Aaron, and I'm a creator. Yeah, that's right. I'm a, I create my own stuff. And so there's a part of me, and, and, and I did experience this over the course of doing Geekscape because very early on in Geekscape we would talk news and reviews and all about other people's stuff and then it don't take this the wrong way Zach um I got to a point where I finally said like hold on motherfucker like you make movies are are like is this just sports radio and the mean thing about sports radio is it has the nickname of losers talking about winners right and I'm like it is yeah, I mean, sports radio is yeah the, the losers talking about the winners, and yeah. I didn't want to go out like that. So 
um, Aaron, you know, I have a, a wonderful script of the Hispanic lead. Like we had cast that actor a week before the pandemic had started. And now we're sitting on our hands with a movie that had started casting and we were excited about it, but not unlike the NBA, not unlike these Marvel movies, like when are we ever going to see them again? When am I ever going to get back to work shooting in my film? Uh, who knows? I mean, we're progressing. And I think that right now the industry, the film industry is like, there's a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, let's develop that. Oh yeah, let's, because they don't have to pay for it and nobody has to ensure that production. Right. So right now people in Hollywood are like, hey, I took a pitch meeting and the pitch meeting went well. So yeah, the pitch meeting went well, but when this pandemic lifts and people start financing movies again and putting the insurance together and really the logistics of whether or not they're going to have to pay for this stuff, and COVID's going to be hanging around for the next couple of years, uh, and you know it, it's just going to be something that we're going to have to deal with for a while. Uh, are they still going to have greenlit your pitch when they have to put the money down, or is it just going to be a lot of hemming and hawing and in like glad handing because? Nobody really has to put their chips on the table at this point. They can they can greenlight a million fucking things. It doesn't really matter. We're not shooting. Yeah, well, like that's something that bugs me about like like okay, like Marvel MU DC speculation bugs me in the same way that COVID speculation does. It's like no one really knows. Like there's some people that know, and you know, sometimes they're involved in the conversation, but a lot of times they aren't. So the conversations just become all the speculation of fueling the rumor mill, and then it's like creates this like weird negativity, like nerd cycle, and I like so hate it. Like not I'm not throwing shade at anyone in particular, I'm throwing shade at the community. Let's talk about that word. <laughs> Let's Just everybody. I'm not, torturated. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm calling everybody out. Let's talk about that word yeah, hate, yeah, Aaron. Well, now, I'm, now I'm therapist. Let's talk about hate, Aaron. Um, <laughs> hate and anger are things that you have to own on your own. Nobody can make you hate or angry. Uh, those are things that you project into the outside world. Oh, fuck it. Um, we got <laughs> a Wizard of Video Games just busted out off of Twitch and said, superhero movies, you're talking like Commando or Predator? Hell yeah. Uh, yes. I love those movies. Yes, those are great movies. Uh, so great movies. what would you put on that list? I think that um, Commando and Predator are amazing. Uh, I've uh, made a, a, a playlist for the workout on Saturday that is all of those theme songs. I've even got some Iron Eagle up in that bitch because okay. it's got a great theme song. But uh, Commando and Predator, yeah. Okay, we can do superhero movies like that. And you're going to laugh at this, but the writer of Commando, Jeff Loeb, he's a comic book writer, and he ran uh, Marvel Television over at ABC for a long time, up oh, until last sure. year. So don't I'm count out take Commando. It. Yeah, what you got? If, uh, if Batman is a superhero, John McClane's a superhero. I'm with you 100%, and I'll go as far as to say, and Geekscape has heard it before on this show, Batman's not a freaking superhero. He's a holdover from the pulp era of the 1930s, like the Shadow yeah. and the Phantom. He has no business being on a team with Diana, Wonder Woman, and Superman, other than the fact that Batman, oh, here's a superpower. He's smart, and he fucking cheats. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's superpower is he absolutely kicks you in the nuts. Yeah. I'll, I'll never use a gun. Yeah, but I'll yeah. kick you in the damn nuts. But you'll never I, use your testicles yeah, again. Like, that's what it is, right? Uh, okay, all right. Okay, Batman, I'm with you. If Batman's a superhero, John McClane's a superhero. 100%, yeah. that is a great observation. You belong on Geekscape. Thank Welcome you. to the club, Zach. Welcome to the club. Aaron, you want to throw down who else is, should be considered a superhero as long as we include Batman as a superhero? It's not a bad question. And I'll throw it out to you, Geekscape. If we're going to include Batman, whose superpower is 
I'm rich and I embezzle from my publicly traded company to build fucking tanks and S&M gear. Uh, who else would be a uh, superhero? Because Batman is more just kind of weird. Uh, I'll put John McClane. John McClane's more of a superhero than Batman is. Who else? Um, Dutch from Predator. Think about this. Dutch from Predator. Dutch from Predator. Uh, John Claude Van Damme in anything except anything. Cy- except Cyborg in the Universal Soldier, where really he does have human augmentation. So like, is he a <laughs> is he a superhero in Street Fighter? Is Guile a superhero? I don't think Skyle's a superhero. And the most beautiful story about that Street Fighter movie and why it's such a weird damn movie is uh, there was a G.I. Joe script sitting around Hollywood for years. And what ultimately happened was G.I. Joe in the 80s started going downhill. And then in 91, this new thing, Street Fighter 2, kicked up. And the studios were like, we got we to gotta green light this, like a, like a Street Fighter movie. What can we do? What can we do? And then somebody was like, we have this G.I. Joe script sitting around. Uh, maybe we just change the characters' names and green like that. And they took a G.I. Joe script, they changed the names, changed a couple things, and now you got Van Damme Street Fighter. He's go. playing Duke from G.I. Yep. Joe. And you can go down the list and be like, oh, yeah, Kylie Minogue is playing like Scarlet and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, they cheated us. They, yeah, cheated they really us. did. I mean, I'd rather have a G.I. Joe movie than a Street Fighter movie, but I guess we'll st- I mean, we did get a G.I. Joe movie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Fuck all of them. <laughs> At is, least you got uh, a good Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Is, is Sarah Connor from Terminator, is she a superhero? If Batman's a superhero, Sarah Connor, hell yes, is a superhero. Yeah. Sarah Connor's amazing. Uh, and Wizard of Video Games off of Twitch says, Rainbow Bright, probably. Aww. I would say Rainbow Bright, definitely. And the Care Bears are definitely, like, have some superheroic stuff. But I think the Care yeah. Bears are more cult-like and i think that they take their powers from another dimension and they 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 channel into that dimension during their care bear stare because where does that come from obviously when energy is created it has to come from somewhere and when the care bears kick up the care bear stare they're probably there's probably like some weird lovecraftian dimension where they're fucking sacrificing (laughs) kids to give power to the care bears no Oh, no. In this other dimension, they're like, "We're sorry, we have to feed the Care Bears there," and then the Care Bears are just harnessing it. They're like little batteries; they're just killing. Uh, and Wizard Video got, Game comes back with. No, it got super dark in here. Does it, it look did. like I've been kidnapped? Um. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's not gonna walk out of the living room. Go into your room. Because yeah. we're, uh, we're like right. eleven feet away from each other right now. <laughs> oh, I thought All she was right, gonna she go- I'm gonna turn the lights on. I'll be right back. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, oh look, out. there's a dog. The podcaster's like, we can't see the dog. The podcast Hi. listeners, you guys got to listen on the stream. And uh, I think Zach, in turning that light on, is just efficiently, uh, effectively giving himself a silhouette. But uh, yeah. let's see what's going on. I was going to say, yeah. I feel like Rip is a superhero because Ripkin is my dog. If you can't hear this, um, so I wrote an animated pilot about Ripkin in space, saving the world with her dog gang. And so she's absolutely a superhero. All right. That's Aaron Darling, everybody. Great to have you on the show. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, Aaron. <laughs> 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 he just starts talking about a cartoon she made for her show. And he goes, dump. How is that going, guys? Um, I love Ripken. I know Ripken well. Uh, Zach, you have a dog at your place. What's going on there? Uh, you're staying at your place. You're staying at Aaron's place, but you got a dog at your place. Uh, yeah. Is your dog just being left alone? Is that what's going on during the quarantine? Are you having to make tough decisions? And obviously, there's a hack joke about choosing a dog, uh, choosing a over a dog at this point. 
but I'm not gonna make so, it. So so he's never he's never alone for more than like nine hours at a time. Um, but I spend like the day there. Like I I get up and go home in the morning at like five thirty uh, to go do radio from home. Um, and then I'm there most of the day, and then I come here at night and hang out. So and he's he's the easiest dog. Like he's so he's so fine. Like he's he's good. Like he's had an accident I think once. And um, when you do the that. show, you're talking about the SiriusXM NBA stuff. Yeah. Like, what is that? Where can the audience that has SiriusXM, where can they check that? that so you, it's it's Sirius 207 XM 86 on the SiriusXM dial. It's uh, NBA radio. And um, during a normal, uh, a normal non-pandemic basketball season, you could find me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time. But in a pandemic basketball world where there is no basketball anymore, uh, you can find me... Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, from eight to nine a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So we do an hour of radio, and I think Mondays we're going to start doing two hours of radio uh, because of the Last Dance documentary. Okay, okay. Well, if you yeah. need somebody to come on and uh, talk about uh, John Stockton uh, for sure. three hours, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm just going to talk about John Stockton for three hours and uh, all that. You know, you know where to find me. I, I got you. Yeah, set up. Uh, I'm still kind of learning the StreamYard thing, viewers, and I just hit this like StreamYard uh, setup that made yeah. us look like we're. I really like uh, the system, though. It's like the Power Rangers. We're like, right? Power of water, and you got to be like Power of lightning, and she's gonna be like Power of paper. I don't know what it is, but we're, this is like the superhero <laughs> setup, and I hate that setup. You will never see. I mean, you you will rarely see that setup if you're streaming, and if you're on the podcast, just know Geekscapists who do the podcast. I am still going to be. Uh, creating content exclusively for the podcast. So uh, Matt and Kelly and I had a discussion about it earlier today. Uh, but really right now I'm using the pandemic to kind of stream and talk to you guys. So uh, we're on Periscope even, like I signed up for Periscope. We're on the Twitch, uh, Facebook Live, and YouTube. So if you guys have comments, drop them in there and we'll talk about them. Uh, so you do NBA radio during the day. Mm-hmm. Um we got to get real about this season. I, uh, well, first off, I want to address the dog situation. Why okay. don't you just bring the dog a Frenchie? You got a little Frenchie? Yeah, French. Well, so he he sheds uh, considerably, and Aaron's allergic. So, well, I think it, that decision's been made. Then, Aaron, it's been great having you. See you later. <laughs> it's been fantastic having you on the show. Um, Zach, just it's just us dudes right here. I just dropped us Aaron. Yeah. Like, okay. come on, man. Like. Like, come on, it's a dog. Like, you got to choose the dog over the lady, right? Like, I I choose both. You're being selfish. (laughs) Uh, Well, are you? Listen, this is what I'm trying to angle, okay? Okay. Aaron should be forced to wear a PPE or a hazmat suit and just bring the dog over. If you're really choosing both, no, you stop it. If you're really choosing both, you bring the dog over to Aaron's place and. She has to make some, you know, she 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 has to compromise, and that means that she has to go around wearing protective gear. Or that doesn't bathing. sound fun for me. <laughs> well, how long have you guys been dating? You'll get there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, just give it some thought. All right. Uh, the, here's another consideration, okay? And I want to bring this up on Geekscape because I got all, both you guys in our room and we're never going to be not social distancing and I got you guys together. Give me the dog. You want him? Yeah. Truck, I had a Frenchie for almost 10 He's years. the best dog dad, Jonathan Give is. me the dog. Um, just yeah. Zach. I feel like that was a shot at me. Give me the dog. Give me the dog. 
Give me the dog. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's a great dog. <laughs> You'd love him. I would. I loved. I loved he my my dogs. Frenchie Chappie, and uh, Chappie is now that the healthiest of the three dogs that my ex wife Laura and I had together, which is insane because he's a Frenchie and he's so inbred. He should not be the healthiest, but well, so he, he lasted what? the two awesome terriers. Yeah. And he is the like the Frenchie came out of lead. It was absolutely a tortoise in the hare situation. We never would have guessed that the Frenchie was like going to be the healthiest of our Bo- dogs. Boogie, my Frenchie has been entirely healthy. He's never had a health problem. Now, like Boogie he's... named after Boogie Cousins, or yep. okay, I will change the name <laughs> to uh, to Rudy Gobert because he's French Ooh. and it's a Frenchie. Well, maybe... so I, I'm going to call him two time. Rudy. To represent okay. Rudy Gobert, you don't want to call him, him COVID. Maybe, but I, you know what? I think Rudy Gobert is just the first NBA player who was like detected with it. He might right. have gotten it from Donovan, and he definitely could have gotten right. it from that player Detroit, who also tested positive, who they played sure. like two days really? earlier. The yeah. fact that Rudy Gobert was the person who was the scapegoat in the NBA for the whole COVID thing all comes down to oh, I don't know. Let me say it: Woj Anowski coming out and saying that he owes Rudy an apology and I would love for Adrian Wojnarowski to apologize to Rudy publicly for like I've got, breaking his I've got a lot doing all that shit. I don't think I I mean, got, you cover the NBA. It's kind of fucked up that people are like well, revealing I, that kind so of information. Tell you, so Woj didn't um Woj didn't report that first. Uh the person who did report that first had clearance. Okay. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that 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 well, was a very serious. Was, thing. Was, my apology was no. Well, I'll give you. I'll go back I'll to listening to your podcast. I'll give you plenty of uh, comments about that off the off the air because okay. I got a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but uh, but here's the difference though between like Christian Wood or Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell. Rudy's the only one where his teammates hate him, so that's why yeah. he gets the the blunt, yeah. the brunt of it. I love Rudy Gobert. And uh, come on, the he's show. really good. And he, yeah, I, well, I think he's a good dude, and he took his paycheck and then put it like his money where his uh, yeah, where the mouth is. A lot of money up. And yeah. he, I think he's the NBA player who's donated the most towards the COVID crisis at the at the moment. So, like, you know, the the guy obviously felt like he had done something wrong, and there was it, those weren't good optics with him touching all the microphones. But right here we go. That's how it is. Um. All right, let's talk about the future of the NBA season. Aaron, I'm going to hide you a little bit, all right, kiddo? I'm going to – it's boy talk. Gonna we're gonna, what? We're going to hide you. We're going to go back to talking about bro code stuff, all right? Uh, it's going to be uh, elbow only from this point or earlier. Okay. Uh, all right, Aaron is out, but I'm sitting here with – if you guys are just joining us, this is my buddy Zach Harper. He's a writer for uh, The Athletic. He covers the NBA. And he also – you can hear him on Sirius XM. NBA's the NBA channel over there, and he's always he's talking hoops. We're going to talk about whether or not this NBA season is going to finish, and this is why I tell you that the NBA uh, season is going to finish because there's still a quarter of the player salaries and a quarter of the TV contracts sitting yeah. on the table, and there and these are the cable contracts to the local cable networks that you have to fulfill or else you don't get paid, and the players are taking a pay cut, the league's playing it, taking a pay pay cut. And it's a smaller league. This isn't like uh, like hockey is tough. And hockey finally was like, eh, fuck it. We really can't have uh, like multiple ice rinks anywhere. We right. can't figure out how to finish the NHL season. Basketball, they can do like what the uh, G League did during their showcase. They go to mm-hmm. Vegas. They find a Vegas casino that has a giant convention center. They set up two basketball courts. And they have games just running simultaneously with just the players and the, the, the team officials. And the uh, TV crews, and you finish out those TV contracts over the course of 
I don't know, three weeks a month. You you maybe shorten the schedule to 75 games. And then you yeah. start some kind of a playoff series uh, going off with like maybe a little bit of a buy-in. Maybe it only has three rounds to it. Maybe it has best of fives so going back to that for the first round or two. But so I think it's going to happen. I can tell you that the NBA definitely wants um, a a resolution to this. They definitely want closure on the season by crowning a champion. If they are to do some kind of like everyone get to Vegas, we're going to do this bubble. Um, they're not going to do it without sufficient testing. And um, and they're and they're if another player gets sick, um, they'll shut everything down. It'll be canceled outright. Yeah, but, but the mayor of Vegas just said that they that she's going to offer up Vegas. And as I'm a, sure as <laughs> super trustworthy. Any official of Vegas is super trustworthy. Um, <laughs> But but so here's the thing though is if it if it does come back you're not getting anything close to what was remaining. I think you might get five games of a regular season. You would get a 25 day run up, so you get 11 days of quarantine and 14 days of training camp, uh, like a mini training camp. Right. Now, um, then they would bring it back probably for five ish games somewhere around there. Not every I don't believe every team would come back if you're out of the playoffs completely or nowhere close. I don't think they're coming back and playing a single minute. Um, and then from there, I think you're looking at like best of three, best of three, best of three, best of five for a playoff format. Yeah, but how um, does how does somebody like Trey Young get paid, and how do the Atlanta Hawks can like like how do they satisfy those local Atlanta contracts for the cable uh, without playing those games? And if they do play those games, there's yeah. no way they play Trey Young. Like Trey Young's like um, I ain't play. Like I'm not gonna get injured. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, happen, but but those those teams kind of have to play. Like the Spurs kind of have to play just to satisfy the money for their local contracts, right? Sure. The well, the alternative is the league loses two billion dollars completely. Two, two right? billion dollars. Two not, billion. I don't see it happen. Yeah. Um. And so that's what. Like I don't think. I think it's just going to be a thing of like we're going to split the revenue the best we can amongst the thirty teams. But look, a lot of te- a lot of teams are going to get something they don't want. Right. A lot of teams are just going to be kind of shit out of luck and it sucks. But, hey, this is what we're in. Like, I don't I don't think there's a fair way to do it. And I think the longer this goes, everyone is kind of on board. And it doesn't mean they won't complain. It doesn't mean they won't try to fix it. But you're not getting anything close to what was what was supposed to happen um, if it comes back at all. Right. And I, I always feel like that about a strike shortened season anyway. I feel, always feel yeah. like there's a little bit of an asterisk on the, the champions because yeah. – they are not playing that full schedule, and maybe because in the 2006 finals they uh, blew the whistle every time Dwayne Wade got touched. But <laughs> and in the '99 finals uh, playoffs, let's just let's just be clear: as a Jazz fan, the summer between '98 and '99, uh, David Stern eliminated the back screen, which was a pretty big part. <laughs> so so that to completely changed the jazz. So right. let's just say going into the 99 season, I was pretty pissed that they eliminated that back screen, which allowed John Stockton Hornacek to elbow you every time. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. I, they're small. If you played in the NBA at our height, I'd have a knife on me. Um, you would have to. I would have I, I mean, these knife. guys are gigantic. They're huge. And I would, yeah, I, yeah, I'd have a weapon. Uh, we got another comment here. Wizard of Video Games wants to know, best Basketball video game, NBA Jam or NBA Jam. So I gotta I gotta take here. I don't think NBA Jam is the best basketball arcade game of all time. All right, that I, was Zach Harper <laughs> for Gamescape. He was uh you can catch him every week. <laughs> there was this game called Running Gun. Okay. I don't know if you remember Running Gun, but Running Gun was a five on five arcade basketball game that was in a couple of movie theaters, um, at least in Sacramento. I don't know if it was anywhere else. 
but it was called run and gun. And you could throw alley-oops in that game in like, and it made it look realistic. You can like, it was all like from like the backboard or like from the, right. from the baseline. So that was the viewpoint. And oh, it was and it had that so really, much fun. It had that really weird system where it was almost like, remember the super Nintendo when they had that new chip and games like F zero had that weird scaling thing on like their yes, pixels. Yeah. And so, yes. And, and I remember when you inbounded the ball, you would float through the backboard and up the court behind the players and yeah. the players, when they were, they would lumber. A little yes. bit. They had like this weird yeah, movement. It was like this them. real movement. None of it looked real, but it was so much fun. They didn't have license for anything NBA. So it was just like the white purple team, jerseys, the red yeah. team, purple jerseys, right. Um, but that was, to me, that was the most fun. But my bias aside, NBA Jam, clearly the best basketball game of all time. But here's one thing that you see on ESPN a lot is that you start to see these tournaments between like actual NBA players playing a- NBA 2000, 2K and yeah. like – 2k20 and uh it, that's got to be something that with the ratings is going to be the future and here on geekscape we've had a lot of competitive gamers on we've had a lot of people who play you know uh world of warcraft or other you know competitive games like we do have an overwatch show here on the network um that's bigger money than pro sports at this point i think like or yeah, at least huge. pretty soon we're gonna see like an NBA 2K20 league and like that kind of stuff happens. Well, the, like, the NBA we? has one. The NBA has a 2K league um, that they run in like every team. I think every, maybe not every team, but most of the teams have a 2K team that they do a whole draft and everything. One of my friends runs the Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, Jerry Ferrara runs the Knicks team, um, the Knicks 2K team. And so they have one. I don't think it's doing well. I Now oh. that's me guessing. I don't know that it's doing because I like – Obviously, like things like Overwatch, like those are massive games, right? Those yeah. are big business and everything. I don't know that the 2K League has taken off the way that they wanted it to, um, but they've like, like guys get drafted, they have to move to that city, they they play, you know, they they play competitively. Like it's a it's a real thing. I just don't know how healthy the league is. And when they're drafting people, they're drafting. They're not. I mean, these aren't NBA players playing in the offseason. No, these they're they're real gamers. Like the yeah. best the best 2K gamers are getting drafted. Because the Overwatch League is insane. There's a you here in LA. They have these an arena, right? Like they, there's an arena over in Burbank that yeah. used to be the where they shot Jay Leno and in the old Car- Johnny Carson Studios near Johnny Carson Park, and near it is that uh, what is the name of that apartment complex behind Warner Brothers? The where Corey oh, Haim died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like they will take like a team from Japan. They will put them in that that apartment complex get them rooms and then they just train constantly and it's almost like a meat grinder being on those uh competitive overwatch teams is like no joke and the right. problem is like if you have somebody like a lebron or a kevin durant and, and you're clearly the best player in your team uh you're going to stay within the league because it is the league like i don't right. think that you're going to be the best player and you're going to go and just join something in europe or in china or south america uh but the problem that they're having with the Overwatch League is that if you are that dominant player on your team, you have to share the earnings with the, your teammates. You can just say, you know what, f this. I don't want to be sitting in a in an apartment for months on end playing with these guys. I'm just going to go back to my home, buy a, a second house, and just make my money on Twitch, and I can make right. way more than I'm having to carry my team. So. I don't see how they put that league together with dominant players who can just go and individually make money on Twitch. You know what I mean, it's a big do you problem. Think it, do you think it's still sustained with the second level, third level guys though? Like can, can those, can those gamers like carry a league like that? Or do you have to like, 
whoever the ninja of Overwatch is, like <laughs> right. that person, like need to be like involved. I'm not sure. I think I think I think this is the way you do it. You give them ownership. Yeah. You know, if if somebody like a ninja had a team and they owned it, ownership, then, you get points on whatever revenue, right? Yeah. Which is kind of like what you ended up happening with some of these players as they were leaving the league. Like Michael Jordan ended up with a team. In, yeah. Back in, in Charlotte, you, uh, you ended up having some of these players end up with part ownership. Magic Johnson was pretty involved in the Lakers. Yeah. Um, a, a part of me, I heard this rumor uh, that part of the Kobe-Shaq split was Kobe getting some under-the-table Laker involvement. I don't think that ended up being real because he was not as – like involved in the Lakers as you later saw with, with uh, magic right. but as a player, it was like clearly Shaq or Kobe became a thing, which is insane to me because they clearly could have won more games throughout the. Yeah. That, the well, decade, that, that but... was mostly like the Lakers didn't trust paying Shaq another big deal because his body was broken down and he wasn't keeping himself in shape. Um, I don't think I, I don't think that Kobe ownership thing under the table is true. I think it was always like a, but you'd hey, heard it. You've yeah, heard that yeah I've definitely yeah. heard the rumor, but I think it's always more like a, hey, when you're done playing, we'd love to have, have you in the ownership group, right? right? I think it's one of those, which those conversations happen constantly. Yeah, because if you're some kid coming out of high school and you're going to college or whatever, you you know, you know, walk into a, a room and Kobe Bryant's there being like, hey, think about the Lakers. Like, that's huge. Like, that's insane. Yeah. And people like Magic Johnson, it's just a different generation. I don't know if they held the same sway. You know, their posters were on the walls. They were on our walls. Right. But I don't and, think they're and, on and the magic walls. Too, like Magic was caught up in his own business, right? Like he owns like business four hundred Burger Kings and five hundred theaters and all that stuff, right? Like I think he was more concentrated on that and just knew if I need something from the Lakers, I can get whatever I need. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you something, Zach. W- who were the players on your wall growing up? Ooh, um, I had a Vince Carter poster. I had a. Um, I had a Chuck Person poster. I had a Kevin Garnett poster. The Rifleman? The had Rifleman. a Rifleman poster? Yeah, man. Remember his celebration where he's like, yeah, and he had his fists out like this? <laughs> yeah. You know the highlight I'm talking about. Absolutely. That One of my favorite series of all time is Pacers-Celtics 1991 first round. It's just Larry Bird and Chuck Person talking shit for five games, and it's so much fun. Which we look back and we're like, Chuck Person had a suicide, like a death wish. But, you yeah. know, that, that, was, that, that was close to Larry Bird's last season. Um uh, okay, you said uh, who else? Who else you got there? Um, I had an Chuck Iverson Person poster. Me. Chuck Person yeah. totally threw me. <laughs> I had an Iverson poster, um, a Jordan poster, obviously. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. I had one more. I was kind of a hipster poster. Oh, oh no, it wasn't a hipster Christian, poster. Christian I had a huge Christian Later fan. My brother's a Christian Later fan. I was telling you earlier, he's a Dukey. My, bro- yeah. oh, my brother didn't go to Duke, but he's a big Duke fan. And he ended up becoming a Wolves fan because of Leitner. And it was just a Leitner fan. And I'm like, yeah. how does that happen? I love the 30 for 30 on Leitner yeah. because it says so much about that that attitude of hating on him. But, okay, um, I had, obviously, I had Stockton. I had multiple Stockton posters. And I had Jordan, even though I'd grow to not yeah. like Jordan. You had to. Because I, I felt like he was the best player in the league yeah. by a lot. And maybe you didn't like him as a person. Maybe you didn't like it when he dropped a bunch on your team, but you had to like him. And I remember having it. I remember, I, And I still have those posters. I went just before the pandemic. I was in Austin helping my parents uh, uh, move back into their house that they were, had been renovating. 
And I had to clear a bunch of stuff out of the attic and make uh, the space where they had stored a bunch of stuff for the renovation usable again. And I'm pulling stuff out of the attic and trying to put it back around the house. And I found like the few things that still have in Austin. And I found a, a poster tube uh, with my old Stockton posters. And there's oh, wow. a great one of him playing against the Clippers. And he's like in the air going for a layup and Billy Crystal's like sitting just past his feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 19... 19- 87, 88, Billy Crystal, yeah. just chilling, watching his Clippers, enjoying you, the game. Have you seen the the infamous Mark Jackson playing card? No. When he was a Nick? So there's this, just this random, like, Tops or Fleer or something, uh, Mark Jackson playing card. But sitting courtside in the crowd is the Menendez brothers. Holy shit. Yeah. Because the, Men- the Menendez brothers were, like, rich kids. Right. Right? Like, didn't they kill their parents to try and yeah. get their money? I think so. Oh, they definitely killed their parents, but I can't remember why. (laughs) Uh, But that, yeah, like the Menendez brothers are sitting like front row at this Knicks game with Mark Jackson. uh, It's in one of his player cards. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, And Mark Jackson is a player that I will never forgive for having to come to Utah in Stockton's final season and trying to turn the entire uh, locker room against him because he thought he should be starting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Mark Jackson, who was caught, uh, you know. (laughs) And like, uh, uh, what was he caught with or later on when he was with Golden State as a coach? Some kind of sex worker. And then all of a sudden he became a preacher afterwards. Like, I think he sure. was a, pre- I think he was a preacher first. And I would, I, would, I think I mean, he became a real time preacher afterwards. They, they caught him with a sex worker. Yeah. And, and the sex worker worker like was like, I'm going to blow this up if you don't pay me. Mm-hmm. And then he became a preacher. This is not David Robinson, Avery Johnson preacher. This no. is like. A like, real preacher. Like in like, the streets, like, yeah. Like s- slanging the word of God. That's insane. And you're, you're enjoying this Jordan 10-part series documentary? Like, I, I, I hear it. it's yeah. great. And, like, I just have to get over my own butt hurt. Right. And, and so, watch it. It'll take so time. The, the first two hours, so they're doing two hours every Sunday. So the first two hours happened last Sunday. And it just lays the groundwork of, like, if you're a kid, teenager, whatever, and you didn't grow up with Jordan, here's what you need to know. Like, right? Like, here's the here's a Jerry Krause episode for the first one second one's about scotty pippen and his injuries and his contract disputes and everything and so what i've heard is i've talked to some people from espn who have seen up through episode eight um and they say all right the rodman one is really good but if you saw the rodman 30 for 30 then you you'll see a lot of that stuff again right um but the fifth and sixth hours are like where it, like you like really take notice and then seven and eight are supposed to be insane okay and then no one and then i don't think nine and ten are done yet but um, but if you like, if you if you like basketball, I, I think you even as a hurt jazz fan, I think I think you gotta watch. Ah, I know, I know, the rage I know. will go through me. But I mean, we I lived through this stuff, and I'm hearing it so good that I want to watch it. I've been watching uh, that basketball love story on ESPN Plus, yeah. which is like why I got ESPN Plus was to watch that entire like nine ten hour documentary just yeah. about basketball. Um, before I leave you, Zach, um, let's talk. Best basketball documentaries. Oh. Uh, Hoop Dreams is number one, but what's second? I mean, Hoop, Hoop Dreams, Dreams is number, number one. one, right? Yeah, Hoop Dreams is number one. I, I'm, I, I'm open to the idea that this Jordan, this Last Dance one, could end up being the best one. But, sure. um, but Hoop Dreams is number one. You know what one I love? Uh, gunning for that number one spot. It's the one that I can't remember which Beastie Boy put it together, but one of the Beastie Boys made this documentary, and it's about the top twenty-four high school players from when would this have been? 2007 i think 
And so you get like Kevin Love, Michael Beasley, like all these dudes in their senior year of high school. And they're going to this tournament in, um, I think, Brooklyn, uh, this uh, this top 24 um, showcase, essentially. And uh, and it opens with – and I Michael Beasley is like one of my favorite personalities. That's great. Uh, who's ever been in – and I actually well, bought – Well, it gives you a lot uh, to talk about. <laughs> gives you a lot to talk about. I actually bought a Yale poster from his estate sale when he left the Timberwolves. Wow. Um, I don't know why he had a Yale poster. He didn't go there. Uh, never explained to me why. but. He had it, and it's something I still have today. Uh, but Michael Beasley, the first shot of Michael Beasley, and this is like the second shot of the documentary, is him recording himself in an apartment, running into a wall as hard as he can, over and over. Oh, I'm fucking and, in. And I'll watch the hell out of that. It's so good. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you remember Dante Green. He went to Syracuse. He played for yes, the Kings I for did. a little bit. Terrible NBA player. Um, don't judge. These he, are the best 300 players in the, in the, in sure. the world. Yes, they are. And he wasn't allowed to be in it for very long. No, he um, was not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he um and so he's in this and like the whole time Michael Bees is like calling him ugly and saying, I'm gonna score on you and stuff as they're playing the game. Like it's incredible access. It's really fun look at both these guys or at, at all the twenty four of these guys. And so I'd say gunning for that number one spot is incredible. The Iverson documentary that came out um I wanna say five years ago is phenomenal. Did you cry um, during Once Brothers, the Vladi Divats one? Yeah, that one. That team? So I actually got to talk to Vladi um, for that when I, I was working at ESPN when that came out, and I actually got to talk to Vladi about it for um, a Q&A thing, and um, and it was just like, it's one, that was one of the cooler moments of my life, is of my career, like being able to talk to him about that documentary because the Once Brothers one is just, it's, it's if you have any fantastic. kind of soul, like that's a, that's a tearjerker for sure. That's a tearjerker, and then when you find out how he passed on Luka Doncic, you start crying all over again. <laughs> now Especially Kings fans start King crying. Yeah. Like, oh, holy man. shit, what a miss! And he knew what he knew what kind of player everyone that guy knew. Was. Everyone, everyone knew what kind of player was. Luka knew he's gonna be great. He's gonna be elite. Like, there's no doubt. And uh, and what's funny is like the Suns get away with passing on him too for some reason. Like the Suns should, are equally as culpable. <laughs> yeah, but the Next Suns time. have that. They have. I mean, I know the Kings and the Suns both have like incredible point, like young point guards right now. Yeah. But you're right. Like for some reason, the yeah. Suns get a. You know, they, right. they like, get a pass. Like Luca's six eight. He can play any position you want him to play. And you don't have to like put him at the same position as Devin Booker or De'Aaron Fox. Like no. he can be whatever. And Devin, I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, I have my own things to say about Devin Booker, especially as a Donovan Mitchell fan. They're very right. similar players. Yeah. Uh, but one of them has Rudy Gobert. Let's not forget that when the right. season is over and that max contract comes up, we need Rudy to come back to the Jazz because there's not another player like him. And if you put Rudy on the Suns, that's a playoff team. Oh, that's a playoff so team. So, like, sure. you just yeah. got to think about it. And yeah. that, that, the player is valuable. Um, all right, so we've talked about the best documentaries. We talked about the Jordan thing. We talked about what posters were on your wall, uh, dude. You've been awesome. Oh man, I've had a blast talking. You like the yeah. geek stuff? A little bit of superhero yeah. talk, a little bit of pop culture, and then some basketball. We can hang. This That's can be I a do. thing. If you want to have a whole like uh, episode where I talk Nick Cage movies with you, I love Nick Cage movies. Like we could do that. No, we, that's we, it. No, oh, no, man, no, I, we can so we well. can absolutely do that. Okay. Uh, very early on, my brother uh, also was a professional athlete. If you could call a professional athlete being a WWE wrestler, uh, one of the early episodes of Geekscape, he came on and did a Nicolas Cage ghostwriter impersonation that people still bring up. They're like, the one best was when your brother fucking did a Nick Cage impersonation. And one two episodes ago, thing? I did Steven Seagal, so we'll see. My favorite Nick Cage fact is that the director of Ghostwriter, in the director's commentary on the DVD, 
addressed internet rumors that Nick Cage's abs were CGI'd. That's my favorite thing about all this is that he felt the need. Like he saw enough message boards. He's like, you know what? I'm putting this shit to rest. Those are real abs. He did the work himself. He needs the respect for it. And that's like, that's, that's the best part of Nick Cage. Dude, you can come on here and talk Nick Cage anytime you want. I'm always, I'm very available right now. So he's making some crazy stuff now. Now that he's like, doing you gotta watch Primal. You gotta watch Primal. Okay. It's one of its, uh, he's like with a white Jaguar and, I haven't even watched Bad Lieutenant Protocol. Like I haven't oh. even watched. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to send you a list of the things you need to watch. Oh, and, you're and missing out. I remember growing up. Like, I'm 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 a few years older than you, and I worked at Blockbuster in the late '90s in high school. And like everybody's like, you got to see the Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. And I watched Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. I'm like, great. And then finding out that it had a sequel, Nicolas Cage. I'm like, you know what? That's a little too fucking crazy for me. I'm oh, out. It's so good. Well, it's so entertaining. <laughs> It's not good, but it's entertaining. Not good, but it's right. entertaining. And part of me just makes me like my favorite Coen Brothers movie is Raising Arizona because yeah. I think it's, I think it's perfect, and we're just like seeing Nick Cage in Raising Arizona, and then seeing Nick Cage in like the straight to video stuff he takes. Yeah. Now I'm just like, oh, uh, really? Have you, Witch seen, have you seen Snake Eyes? Of course. Okay, but Snake, but Snake Eyes is De Palma, so it's still kind right. of like he's still in the hands of some kind of right. competent filmmaker, but. Now I think he's making these movies that they shoot in Eastern Europe and he, they're giving billions and billions of dollars and they're spending less than that on like the rest of the movie. Right. And he's just like, whatever. We yeah. sold it at Cannes and I'm still a star. And still there. Yeah. He's, like, he's on the Van Damme business model right now. Yeah. And, That's how uh, you get out of that IRS debt. You just got to keep saying yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Wesley Snipes, he went back into the Expendables 3. Yeah. I talked to Wesley Snipes at a bar. Uh, oh, really? we, we did this running group that I told you about, the early morning running group. And uh, we every now and then do like this kind of like flash mob run around LA thing where we meet. And we met at the Grove and we ran in, in, around the Grove and around Melrose and ended up at some bar. And uh, we're all sweaty. And uh, Wesley Snipes is sitting there and people are like, holy shit, it's Wesley Snipes. And this was literally like only like three or four years ago. And I walked over to Wesley Snipes and I said, Hey man, and he's like, Whoa, what's this whole deal? You guys like running stuff? And I go, Yeah, we, we have a running group. You should join us. He goes, Nah, man, I'm not about that. I was like, Well, I just saw you, like, you're fit. I just saw you in the expendables. Right. And he goes, Only thing I was running for on that one was a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's a perfect Wesley Snipes story. I was like, damn, Blade. <laughs> he is real with me. He said, yeah. well, that's it. Only thing he's running for was a paycheck. All right. Wesley Snipes quote, Zach, it's been a fucking awesome. Oh, man, it's great. And Aaron was real when she said that you and I have a bromance. And Absolutely. We're going to end up like doing this in real life. Maybe we'll yes. walk over to the 101 and hang out over there and have breakfast Definitely. or something. But um, that's my guest geekscape is we got uh, Zach Harper. You guys can hear him. Every day, pretty much on every ESPN, day, yeah, or on, um, uh, on, on Sirius XM's NBA channels, Sirius XM NBA radio. Um, uh, you can find my writing and podcasting on the Athletic, or you can go to countthedings.com for podcasts about like movies and Q and A's and all that, all that BS. Uh, just on the internet or on any of the socials at Talk Hoops, you'll find that stuff. Okay, and he did not go to journalism school, but he's available no. if you want to come talk to students. He will come and if tell you them. if you want me to ruin some children's <laughs> lives with some mediocre advice. I'm very available. Well, I hear Geekscape. I think we got that covered pretty well, Zach. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. 
we'll do it again soon. We're gonna I'm gonna hit you up on that uh, deal to come and talk Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, Geekscape is it's a brand new Geekscape. We'll be back with a musical episode this coming weekend. My buddy Bill McShane from the band Ultimate Fake Book is gonna be talking about their new album. I've loved Bill for. I think 20 years I've been a fan of their band and they finally put out a new album after several years. So that's coming at you guys this weekend. And then next week I got more Geekscapes coming at you. I love you guys. I'm glad you guys are watching all these streams and uh, you know, from everybody here at Geekscape, uh, be safe during the pandemic. We love you and uh, take care of yourself. We'll see each other on the other side of this. And hopefully that means a future comic convention and we can party then. Okay. Geekscape. So just hang tight a little bit longer. All right. Love you guys and peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.